Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker and Shroppy today from 12 to 3 in the midday. Shrizop, Aaron Shrop Shrop back in the building to entertain you all. Thank you for joining this sophisticated <laughs> radio program on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Yeah. Mr. Shropshire. You. We could be here. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You. We appreciate you hopping on with us. You can text in 704-570-9610, and you can greet. Welcome, Mr. Aaron Shropshire. Yes. We got Shrop It Like It's Hot coming on a little bit later on into the show. And the fact that he's receiving this kind of fanfare, I have to know that Fiddy is in the fishbowl, barely listening to oh. just a little bit of volume you can hear back there with the radio playing, and frustrated as all get out, Wes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he pulled up on me about it. As soon as he came in, the fact that, you know, I, I trolled him and gave a big, elongated, uh, grandiose text about Shroppy being with us today. And so, you know, he didn't like that. Yeah, he, it, he told us that he's going to be filling in for Flounder, who was out today. He was doing the morning show. And he said, hey, if you guys need anything, let me know. And Wes responded with a bunch of celebration emojis. <laughs> <laughs> confetti party hats saying yeah Shroppy's in the building okay we're excited and then I said oh sick I said something much more subtle but I yeah. also thought it would hurt yeah I said oh sick okay cool <laughs> yeah, I he, mean, didn't, he didn't like that too much no he didn't no he did not and so Shroppy's gonna be in with us man how are you feeling today you feel good to be in the studios with us uh I feel great it's always good to be in the studio behind the board and not sitting in front of a computer so yeah I, I think you you know i think you like other shows and the other shows are great but i think you f- feel like you fit in i do i feel like the I fit. optics yeah. are better you know what i'm saying because shroppy's a hip-hop guy <laughs> and he makes the beats and all that so he fits in with the wesson walker show very well the optics are better that's right i like that too <laughs> hopefully the audio is better because this is a audible medium so hopefully yeah. the audio is better as well <laughs> or at least the same at least we don't drop and i don't think we do i don't think drop drops whatsoever we are going to drop it like it's hot at two o'clock as we mentioned i did want to lead with a question here's how i want to set it up right we got a lot to get to i don't want to waste any more time but i did want to bring the conversation that we were having off air to these airwaves before we war cry wednesday mm. and then we dive into the latest second interviews taking place today in the queen city for these head coaching candidates the conversation we were having off air was about characters was about real people that we hate because of a character they played mm-hmm. west told us that you you actually don't like joaquin phoenix yes because of the role he played in the gladiator mm-hmm. so separate different character not real fiction but you hate the very real Joaquin Phoenix because of how well he played his character in Gladiator, right? I, yeah, I hated him, man. So, so I, this reminds me of Bomani Jones, hates Idris Elba because of Stringer Bell and the character that Idris plays in The Wire. Can't stand Idris Elba anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I want to know, is there a real person, is there a real actor slash actress that you can't stand because of a certain character that they played? And I'll tell you, it's... If you thought about it a little bit, you could probably guess who I was going to go with. I like John Cryer, the guy. Oh, <laughs> I like John Cryer, who he is. Yeah. He, he is a good dude. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I 
it's capped. My like for him is capped because I can't stand Allen on two and a half men. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, it happens, man. You get characters you don't like in real life, and and it's no better uh, a gauge or something like that too than with kids because uh, this topic reminds me of my son when he was like two or three, and he would get so caught up in the movies that he would just react emotionally to what was going on in the movies. Like I remember then. Um, I forgot the Pixar movie that was about emotions, and they swept the toys oh, yeah. off of the it, cliff. I know, what you're, inside, inside out, out, maybe. Yeah, he he started. He would cry every single time that happened in the movie. He would get so mad. But one of the funniest things he did when you talk about hating people in real life, watching Star Wars one time, and he was just he was so into the story. He got so mad when the Star Troopers came around and started shooting people and stuff. And he was like, oh, dad, he was like, I hate those white men. He's like, I hate those white men. <laughs> he said, I don't like them. <laughs> I want that to be a drop, to be honest with you. If we had that as a drop, that would be fantastic. All right, we're getting people writing in. Um, scrolling here with some uh, with what some of the people are writing in. Uh, 704 said Chris Kattan. I don't know. Maybe that's Night at the Roxbury. Maybe yeah. that's what that is. A uh, bagel guy says Jack Gleason. He played King Joffrey in Game of Thrones. Hopefully, I mean, luckily Samuel Jackson plays so many characters that we love because Lord knows in Django, man. Woo! Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Walk him down says Bradley Cooper because of who he played in Wedding Crashers. Yeah, terrible person. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, terrible person. Yeah. Now, he's he's been in so many other things. But yeah, uh, seven oh four said just Chris Kattan hated everything he did on SNL. Okay, you know, fair enough. <laughs> just doesn't like. <laughs> but see, the person. that's a little different. It is. That's, it is. You think they're trash, so that's why you don't like them. Which that's fine because I feel that way about. Lord knows, I get them confused all the time. It's Kale, right? Mm, you said who? on Saturday Night Live. I always Keenan Thompson. Yes, Lord have mercy. Oh, no. Let's get his ass out of here. Oh, no. I don't know how people think he's funny. Not Keenan. He does the same. No matter who he imitates, he sounds the same every time. He does that little voice like this, and he could be playing LeVar Ball Mm -hmm. or Deion Sanders or anybody. He sounds the exact same. I I just, I don't get it. Like, that's a guy I don't like because I think he's trash. You know what's funny? I love Keenan and Kel so much that it doesn't really matter what he does at (laughs) SNL. I'm always going to have an affinity for Keenan Thompson. Okay. Yeah, we got Stan- not Stanley Tucci. <laughs> oh, man, Brown Mamba writing in Stanley Tucci because of Lovely Bones. No, man, that's like one of the most beloved people. He's even got his own show now. What is it? Stanley Tucci does Italy or something like that? I never heard of Stanley Tucci. I'd probably have to see him first. I don't think that's the real thing. I think well, I got that. That sounds Kevin a little sexual, Bacon? I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We, we can roll down some of it. We this got a lot rolling. We got yeah. people rolling all right. right now. Man. All right. Great so, question. Uh, we, we need to get back on track. Let's do the War Cry Wednesday. Yes. Shroppy's in. Fitty did it on Mac and Bone and did a great job. Shout out to Fitty. They oh, he did a War out. Cry. They, they, they called him out. They okay. said, hey, let's do it because it's a staple. And he did it. And he did a great job. So big shout to Fitty for already giving us an appetizer. And now Shroppy. I'm ready. Got big shoes to fill here, it's man. my first one. Because he does a good job. Oh, he complains is. about it 50% of the time. But he does always deliver when we force him to yell. So here's what we're going to do. Here's your warning. I've been told that you guys want the warning. We are about to yell. We are about to yell. So feel free to join us if you want to. Cubicle style. Doesn't matter. Intersection. I want people to look into your car. You freak out and they know, oh, yeah, they're listening to 92.7 FM. Let me get in real quick so I can war cry with my fellow charlatans. Let's Mm. do it, baby. One, two, three.
Pull up to the scene, Mr. Shropshire. <laughs> Open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. <laughs> we look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Wes, I think there is a favorite emerging from the coaching candidate pool that exists as far as Carolina is concerned. Who could it be? We have a couple of people in Charlotte for a second interview today. One is Raheem Morris, who I think did a great job with the Rams the last couple of seasons. I just don't think they're going to hire a defensive guy. Dave Canales is also here, and he's been picking up a lot of steam. He's already had one interview. He's in for his second. Wes, is it fair? For me to say that Dave Canales is emerging as the favorite to be the next head coach of Carolina. Uh, I, I don't think it's a bad selection um, because, like I said, he's coming in for that second interview. We know the ties that he has with Dan Morgan. They work together in Seattle. Uh, we talked about, listen, Walker, I know we put it out on the airwaves, but we'd be silly to think that the Panthers aren't thinking this way too, being able to hurt a division rival, mm-hmm. take away from a guy sitting there like, oh, you took Baker, the guy that we had that couldn't do jack ish and now you got him balling yep and so now we're going to take him away and let's see how good you are without Dave Canales next year Baker Mayfield so I think there's a little bit of that in it too but I think that he's a guy that's on to come up and I think the Panthers see him and there's a lot of beneficiary reasons for them to be able to go and get him not to mention you talked about the positivity what type of guy he is all of those things so I think there's a lot to like about Canales and I'm with you. I think it looks like now he seems to be one of the favorites to get this job. So now here we are just kind of coming to that conclusion ourselves. We also had the help of Joe Person, who joined the Kyle Bailey show yesterday to discuss the favorite emerging in the Panthers head coaching race. And he also said, yep, it's the Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think it is definitely gaining momentum, and I think that is indicative, too, where the Panthers feel they are on the Ben Johnson pecking order. And we may see them, not saying this is definitely going to happen, but you could see a scenario where what we saw with in Nashville yesterday, where, where the Titans were like, you know, a lot of people are taking these jobs. These jobs are filling up. We like, in the Titans scenario, Brian Callahan, the Panthers liked him too, by the way. And so we're, we're not going to let him out of the building. Could that happen here? Yeah, it might, especially if Ben Johnson's people are saying, look, we're heading either to Washington or Atlanta or wherever the case may be. Uh, certainly all signs seem to be pointing Ben Johnson toward, toward Washington and the commanders. I think there is a high possibility that a couple of things could happen today, Wes. One, either we break news Still a little early. We got three more hours to go. Or, for a second time, Willie P announces the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Could happen. Willie P filled in for Kyle Bailey last year. And on that day, breaking news came in, and Willie P and Smoke, those guys broke that Frank Reich was going to be the next head coach of Carolina. And it might just happen again if they do the whole we don't want Dave Canales to leave the building thing. Well, Willie P also broke the trade up to number one. He was on for that That's one. That's right. Did he did he break mm. Frank Reich or was that the news I that he broke? I think he did because I that happened. I was Maybe at I the ACC tournament. Okay. And that's when the news came down of the trade. We broke And I went on with Willie P when the trade came down. Yeah, I think it was I a trade number that. one that Wait, he did. Yeah. I'm tripping. We broke Frank Rag last year. <laughs> yeah. Willie P did. Oops. I was on the mic alongside him, I believe. I think that's right. I, 
I don't know what's I'm going sure on. I'm sure Willie has set it straight, but I do know he broke the trade. I'm trying to think of what happened there, but maybe that was maybe that was it. Either way, we could see some breaking news. I, I really do think that could happen. I, I maybe it's a little weird because Raheem Morris is also here. But if Dave Canales is the guy that is gaining the most steam, then maybe he's your next head coach. And if not announced today, then maybe it is announced tomorrow. The only thing, Wes, and then we can go to John McClain of Sports 10 Radio, senior columnist. He's going to break down the Bobby Slowick candidacy, who might just be the next head coach of Atlanta. He's interviewing there. We still like Bobby Slowick. But before we do that... Would you rather just have the bird in hand? Go ahead and get your guy in Dave Canales. He has the relationship with Dan Morgan. We've seen what he did with Baker Mayfield, Tampa. You win a postseason game. Would we rather just take care of that? Or do you want to wait and roll the dice on Ben Johnson coming to Carolina if you throw him enough money? Well, again, you know I like the dating analogies. How bad do I want it? Am I sitting there? Ben or Dave? Am I am I looking at Dave Canales and I'm like, this is my number one guy. He's at the top of my board. I gotta have him. If that's the case, lock him up today. What are you waiting for? Okay? But if I still need to kind of, you know, look around and see what's going on and if I got somebody else that's my number one and I'm going to wait a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to say, well. Even if there's a really low chance that you get him. Because it, it does, and, even with Joe Person's soundbite, it was, I think they understand where I they are. And I hear from a very, very credible source that, hey, man, you know, it's looking like he's going to go to Washington. That That's kind of where his mind is at. Because if I'm David Tepper, you talk about everything that he's done in his life becoming a billionaire. I feel like anything's possible. And I feel like, all right, man, I'll just give him more money. Whatever Washington's trying to offer him, I'll give him five six million over what they're gonna offer him. i'm gonna get my guy or at least i have to see because if i also have sources that are telling me that nobody else is really considering dave canales that strong then i'm gonna be like all right i, I got a little time on him i could come back to that option yeah. if i need to scary. if i really want to get ben johnson no it's scary, ben johnson's right. gonna be done on saturday i mean sunday night so. and, and washington is the favorite to get him yeah i can talk to him on sunday night we'll see We'll see if you can. <laughs> we know what you're doing, Mr. 49er fan. We know what you're doing, talking to him on Sunday night. All right, that'll do it for the Dave Canales favorite convo, at least for the leading segment. We can get back to that a little bit later on. But we got to welcome John McClain, the institution that is the senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com. You can find him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. He's going to be joining us to break down Bobby Slowick. Would he be a good hire here in Carolina? Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Welcome back to Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Wanted to read a few text messages on actors or actresses you hate because of a character that they played. And no, it's not rational, but that's theater, baby. You got to hate some people sometimes. 228 said, anything Ben Stiller? 
I don't know why that happened. Uh, I can agree with that. I think Ben Stiller makes bad movies. Okay. <laughs> um, I did get a text message. I think it's Chris McDonald. Yeah, Chris McDonald, the guy who played Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. And so that's another good reason to dislike Ben Stiller because he's a terrible person in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason why Ben Stiller is catching some hate here on the text line. And uh, Panther Bo said the actor that played Sam in Lord of the Rings couldn't stand him because of the Notre Dame propaganda piece, Rudy. So, okay. I, oh, yeah, that's right. I never <laughs> thought about that Rudy was in Lord of the Rings. Okay, there you go, yeah. Because I went right. to see the first three at the movies, too, mm-hmm. and I never that never dawned on me. All right. Wow. All right, so, yeah, you can keep rolling in. A lot of people. I didn't like Frodo. Dislike. <laughs> okay. Frodo was too soft. We'll, we'll get to more Lord of the Rings hate <laughs> a little bit later on. We need to go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome an institution. John McClain, senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can also find him on Twitter covering the Texans and also a lot of topics in the NFL on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, thank you so much for the time. How are you? I'm doing great. It's my pleasure. How are you guys? Oh, it's our pleasure. We're doing well, John. We really appreciate it. And here we are just trying to find a head coach here in Carolina. A lot of teams are. And Bobby Slowick was an interesting name. We know that he has a second interview of with the Atlanta Falcons. He also has a second interview with the Commanders. John, do you think this is the year? Do you think this offseason, Slowick will eventually get one of these head coaching jobs in the NFL? Um, I'm writing a column today for our website, sportsradio610.com, that I think Bobby needs a second year as a coordinator. He did a great job in his first year as a coordinator, his first year calling plays. You know, he started his career in Washington under Mike Shanahan. That's how he met Kyle Shanahan. And he was on the defensive side of the ball like his dad, Bob Slug, who's been defensive coordinator with four teams. And then when Kyle started, uh, once they had been fired in Washington, Bobby Slug did something very interesting, and he said it was great. Looking back, he went to work for Pro Football Focus. And he watched tape all day, every day for three years. And he said it helped him tremendously. Then when Kyle Shanahan took over in 17, two of the guys he brought in, Bobby Slowick and D'Amico Ryans, whose career just ended, and uh, they they grew up together. And so Bobby was never able to call plays there because Shanahan does it. And last year when D'Amico Ryans came here, he offered him a job as a play caller. He knew if he stayed there, even though he was an instrumental part of that offense, Kyle Shanahan, who I've known for since he was a kid, mm-hmm. told me after Slowick and Ryan's were hired here, he said, last year I had the best season I've ever had offensively. And I said, boy, even better in Atlanta when you were the coordinator? Yes. And it's no coincidence that Bobby had more authority than he's ever had. And uh, Kyle just praises the heck out of him. I talked to Kyle again last week, and he said the same thing. There's no doubt in my mind Bobby's going to be a really good head coach if he gets the right situation. And so he had this year, his running game was terrible. And if you're an owner or GM, you're going to say, okay, you did a really good job with C.J. Stroud. Your passing game was better than what anybody thought. But what about that running game? What happened? Because he plays the zone scheme, and they did not adjust. Damian Pierce, who was tremendous as a rookie, 
he didn't do squat because he couldn't figure it out and ended up as a kickoff returner. Devin Singletary came from Buffalo, figured it out better, and got all the carries and catches. And uh, so he will utilize that scheme wherever he goes. I think next year he'll be head coach if he chooses to wait. But you never know. He may get an offer, and he likes it. And uh, he said his defensive background, Shanahan took him over to offense after two years. He And Bobby said, looking back, that was the smartest thing that he ever did was after growing up on defense with his dad and everything, make the move to offense. So he's well-rounded. If the Panthers were to hire him, you don't see a coach who's worked extensively on both sides of the ball. Well, and John, the more I hear about this guy, the more fascinating his story is. And I want to go back to you talking about his days at Pro Football Focus and then calling plays. Despite a defensive background, he switches and then starts calling plays offensively. It feels like the criticism or the one holdup for people that are a little hesitant to hire him is that he is so young and that there's not a lot of experience, I guess, in that position of authority. It, is that a fair criticism of him right now? Like, what's his relationship like with the players where you have to consider that as a coach rather than just watching the film and also being the play caller? Well, the thing is, Bobby's 36 and he looks 26. <laughs> and he probably still gets carded when he wants to buy a beer. And he's got a great personality. He's very, very smart. You know, when we met with him every week, you know, you could ask him any question. It doesn't matter how negative. Why in the world did you make that call or this call? And he answered it, and he he, he took blame. And, uh, and I like that. Everybody in the media here liked that, the fact that he was accountable. And the players love it. And uh, C.J. Stroud loves him. And uh, and he uh, he's very humble. And the fact that he's coached defense and he grew up with a dad who was a long-time NFL defensive coordinator, that put him ahead of a lot of people who might be in his position. His knowledge of football and defense started at an early age. His brother Ryan is linebacker's coach of Miami, and I'm always interested to see if Bobby, and when he gets a head coaching job, if he'll bring Ryan with him, maybe want to bring his dad back as coordinator. But he is he is capable the only doubt that I have, and this is why I'm putting it in my column, he's only called plays one year. And like some guys, like Andy Reid was not a play caller. He wasn't a coordinator. Neither was Dan Campbell. Mike Tomlin was a coordinator for one year. Zach Taylor was a quarterback coach. So you can do it. But uh, some guys, like Brandon Staley, one year as a coordinator, was not ready. Uh, Mike Tomlin was. And uh, that's up to the team that's doing the hiring and the interviewing. But I think Bobby needs a second year as a play caller. Uh, It was D'Amico Ryans, Ben Johnson of the Lions, and uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell of the Vikings. They started doing interviews two years ago. All three said, I need another year of experience as a coordinator. All went back. And, of course, D'Amico, Kevin O'Connell got jobs. Ben Johnson's going to get a job if he wants it. He's a top offensive coordinator out there. And uh, these guys are all going to get jobs at some point. If the Panthers can get Bobby Slowick and let the offense grow with him, he would have a profound effect on Bryce Young. But 
as you guys know, you got to put people around him. It's got to start with the offensive line and playmakers. So it's going to be an exhaustive process, and it's probably going to be a slow process considering they don't have those draft choices. So people would have to be patient. John McClain joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com. You can follow him on X at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And so do you have insight into what their initial approach was or what Coach Slowick's approach was with CJ and when they learned about his full capabilities for him to have the type of rookie season that he had? They were not one of the teams that subscribed to the S2 cognition people. So when it got out that he scored low on his S2 cognition test, they didn't pay any attention to it. And um, the Texans will never admit this, but we all thought if they had the number one pick, they would have taken Young. And when they beat Indianapolis in Indianapolis in the last game last season, and went for a two-point conversion and won, everybody here was so angry. Fans, media, everybody, you cost us Bryce Young. (laughs) And it worked out okay. If Bryce had been here working with Bobby Slowick, and uh, I don't know that he would have had the kind of year that C.J. had, and I don't know that Stroud would have had the kind of year if he swapped places with him because he had – Weapons, but he developed those weapons. Nico Collins became a big time receiver. We hadn't seen that in his first two years. And so they did a good job signing free agents, uh, one and two year deals to put around him. Now, one of the reasons maybe Bobby didn't have a running game, he had to use three left tackles, four left guards, four centers, one right guard, and three right tackles because of injuries. So it was hard when you're changing your entire scheme and you had an offensive line coach who'd been in Indy and had never coached that scheme. So maybe that was it without the lack of continuity. But he was to play Oliver Stroud. He worked with Stroud every day. And according to Stroud, he said when we asked him about these coaching uh, interviews, he said, uh, I'm, I'm happy for him if he gets what he wants. He's very deserving, but if he stayed, that'd be cool too. So what do you think as far as the the narrative that people put out there that, that CJ had so much of a better situation than Bryce Young? Was it because we know that Houston had 15 different offensive linemen, 10 of which played a lot of snaps, and then you talked about the development of Nico Collins and Tank Dale comes in as a third-round pick. So is it a lot of Slowick in his scheme and how he was able to make the most of what he had, or was Bryce just truly in a better situation, in your opinion? Well, CJ had two people coached him. He didn't have all those voices in his ear. One of them was George Johnson, the quarterback coach, and he has Cleveland and New Orleans interested in him as an offensive coordinator. And then the fact that Bobby had great background, came from Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan, and they came in with a plan. And Domenico Ryans was an incredible head coach in his first season. So they they didn't have the continuity up front, uh, but they did at receiver till they lost Tank Dell. But and a lot of the development with Collins and Dell was because of Stroud. I remember one of the reports on Stroud coming out of Ohio State 
Well, he had great receivers at Ohio State. He's not going to have those great receivers in the NFL. And now it's clear that he helped make those great receivers. And uh, I don't think anybody should give up on Bryce Young. This is my 48th year of covering the NFL, and I've learned one thing. You can never give up on a player after his first season. If a lot of these highly rated quarterbacks that, that fail and end up better with another team fail because of the owner, the general manager, the changes, the lack of stability, the inability to put talent around them. And when they are their next coach, they got to have some stability. You know, Dave Tepper needs to back out of it. Let Dan Morgan run it with the new coach. Let them oversee Bryce Young and his development with just two voices. Morgan being a defensive player, I'm guessing he's going to be like D'Amico Ryans. He's going to want to let the head coach and the coordinators uh, deal with them. And if they are a defensive head coach, then it'll just be the coordinator and the quarterback coach. So uh, I think if they got Sloic, he would do a really good job with Bryce Young. John, as long as you've been around the game to, to follow that up, do you attribute Bobby Slowick and his success with that offense being just as important, important as the job that D'Amico Ryans did overall? No, because so much of his defense, special teams, D'Amico came in and just, you know, we talk about changing a culture. Their culture, culture's the attitude. They had a losing attitude. They won four, four, and three games. People act like they've been bad for a long time. They they won a playoff game in January of 2020 over Buffalo before losing at Kansas City. So they had three terrible years. They had a lack of continuity. The Watson controversy, it only lasted two years there, but it seemed like it was 20. So uh, when D'Amico came in as a former player in this organization, he inspired people. He had Nick Casario, proven general manager. They worked great together. Ryan's told him, here's what I want on coaches, and this is what I want on players. And Ryan's in charge of the coaches. He's in charge of the game day roster. Casario has final say on all personnel. But they did a great job of finding players in the draft and free agency. And they want they Stroud was 7-3 and three against teams that finished with a winning record with 21 touchdown passes and two interceptions. And they won eight games settled in the last minute and a half. So that a lot is attitude, confidence, all those cliches, but you got to have it. And the Panthers are starting at the ground floor, and if the Texans can do it and turn around their team in a year, Panthers get the right people, they could do it too. Yeah, John, last question for me. I mean, you're kind of touching on it there, but the Texans were at least viewed as one of the worst-run organizations the last couple of years in the NFL. Now, maybe that's not true, but, man, what a difference a year makes anyways via that perception. We need help here in Carolina, John. Uh, was there a fundamental difference in how Houston decided to run things, or was it as simple as they hired the right coach and they drafted the right player? That was the perception around the league for people that never watched the game. Gotcha. And no, there wasn't been any reason to watch the Texans because they were so bad. They were poorly coached, and they should have made changes, and they hired the wrong guys to begin with. And that's because they had a lot of controversy behind the scenes. Then they cleaned it all up, and now with Casario, he was told to start over. Start over from the go down to the foundation, and he did. And uh, now he's got 
36 free agents because he signed so many guys to one- and two-year contracts. But they started over, and Casario, who had come from New England, he uh, took him a while to adjust. You know, Bill Belichick had the final say on everything, and Casario had the final say. So he made mistakes, just like D'Amico made a few. Bobby Slowick made a few. Those guys all have to grow into the role. I'm sure Dan Morgan will. Now they get the right coach. They give him the time, and they work hard to sign uh, some free agents uh, on make-it contracts one in two years where you think you're going to get the best from them until you recover your draft choices. You know, they got a chance to do the same thing. But it all starts with everybody has to be on the same page. And here, the owners stay out of it. They give them all the money they want, and they leave it up to their guys to make the decisions. If they don't, they'll fire them. But uh, that's the way the NFL should be run, as you guys well know. They don't come more prepared and informative than that. John McClain on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can find his work. He's the senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com. Also, make sure you follow him on Twitter. It's McClain on NFL underscore in between McClain on and on NFL. John, we really appreciate the time, and I think you sold all of us on Bobby Slowick as a candidate. We appreciate it. Guys, if you hired Bobby, they'll be bumped here, but everybody will wish him the best because he's done a terrific job thank you very much for having me thank you sir we'll put that interview up on our website wfnz.com just in case you want to hear that voice give you all that information again feel free to do so by visiting our website wfnz.com and then go click on the wesson walker tab we will put that up here shortly we have another interview jake fisher coming up a little bit later on in the show at 2 30 to discuss the charlotte hornets how they operate at the trade deadline let's talk drama shall we i know you love it i love it we're about to go discuss it. The Panthers or the Cowboys, who had more drama this season? And should the Panthers force Ajero Averro on the next head coach? Or just let the head coach pick the next defensive coordinator? We're going to go through all of those topics coming up next. Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Charlotte writes in on the text line, dude, that guy was incredible. He needs to be featured on all the shows more often. Five for 12 said, yippee-ki-yay, bleepers, let's go get Slowick then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John McCain is a super OG if he was in the he is. They'd call him a super OG. And then Antoine said, y'all know this interview will have the Bryce haters saying that he has no excuse for his play based on the amount of offensive line the Texans used. Antoine, the mailman. It's not what John was preaching. He was saying that Bryce kind of does have an excuse. I mean, he might not have played as well as C.J. Stroud, but yeah. if these two roles were reversed, then he thinks it would be different. C.J. wouldn't have had the type of year C.J. did in Houston here in Carolina and Bryce might not have been as good as CJ in Houston. I don't think that 
But he was telling you it would be very different. And he had a glowing review of Slowick. He did say, though, that he thinks Slowick maybe one more year as a coordinator and then you move on because of the right situation. And also maybe just not ready to be a head coach yet. Any uh, main takeaways? Yeah, I I think for the for the Bryce detractors, I think the fact that he did bring out the fact he said, hey, you know, CJ made these guys what they were this year. And that was kind of my point as well, too, because Nico I don't Collins, know if he said it explicitly like he that. He did say that. You didn't. He said he, he said, said he said that those guys did what they did. He said because of CJ. And he said Nico Collins hadn't done anything until CJ got here. That That's was exactly a conf- what was that, he said. Was that a confirmation question? You just like wanted. No, I wanted to know his thought. <laughs> no, I wanted to know what his well, thought was. But, and I know for people out there who, who was trying to compare the two situations all the time and being like, oh, CJ had the better situation. This, that, and the third. I wanted him to speak on that and well, um, I, deliver I think, what he thought. I think our biggest disconnect on he that. He said he also made the. Uh, he said that it was clear now that he made those Ohio State guys look as good as they did. Well, also, okay, that might be true where they can both benefit from each other. I think our biggest disconnect is that you seem to believe or say that they are mutually exclusive, and I think both can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like Marvin Harrison also had an amazing year with the worst quarterback at Ohio State that we've seen in a long time, mm-hmm. right? So like C.J. Stroud's not out here making Marvin Harrison. Chris Olave still, you know what I'm saying? But they're still going to have super numbers when you pair them together. Yeah. Nico Collins breaking the most tackles of any receiver in the NFL doesn't happen when CJ's out there giving him the ability to go shake dudes loose. But Nico also benefits because it's not Davis Mills and Case Keenum throwing him the football anymore. I just right. don't think they're mutually exclusive like you seem to. I mean, yeah, to an extent, but there are receivers that play with bad quarterbacks and put up numbers. We had one right here in Charlotte with Steve Smith. Where he didn't play with the best of quarterbacks and still dominated. Wait, Jake Delhomme is way better than any. I'm look. I don't. No, no, get, I'm not just talking about with Jake. I'm talking about when he played with other quarterbacks here that weren't that good. When he played with journeyman quarterbacks and they looked for 89 and 89 made plays. Wait, I mean, well, it, it was really only Jake until you got to like 2010, Jimmy Clausen, then you go back to Cam. So it, Steve Smith, but like it. We also heard the opposite there. Like, we also heard about how C.J. Stroud would not have had the same year. Like, we heard that, too. And I Mm -hmm. think that's – he's just being logical about all of it. Well, you asked me what were my takeaways, and that was my – Well, I'm telling you it's wrong. (laughs) Okay, well, that's fine. You can think that. That was my takeaway. No, I just – that that's the thing, though, right? Like, I guess Antoine was right. Like, he was – he was. I know you're not a Bryce detractor. I know you believe that he can still be good. Mm -hmm. But that was also a big part of what John's message was, is that if Bryce Young was in Houston – that would have been a much better situation to where he would have performed better than what he was in here in Carolina. Sure. And he yeah. said he's not giving up on Bryce and that you got to put the pieces around him in order to succeed. I do think C.J. Stroud clearly allowed Nico Collins to become what he was. Mm-hmm. I, I, do, I mean, it almost it almost undercuts your Tank Dell evaluation because you would have selected him way higher than the NFL did. So mm-hmm. it almost undercuts your evaluation by saying it was all CJ that allowed Tank to. I mean, he killed it at the Senior Bowl too. I mean, it, and and I mean to your point, it, it goes into the NFL because we know the reason Tank Dale went in the third round is because of his size. Yeah, he's short. If Tank Dale was six. If Tank Dale had been five eleven, he yeah. probably would have went at the top of the second round. So. Uh, but yeah, nah, but that's cool. We got drama up here like the Cowboys and the Panthers. All right. So yeah, I got that. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it. If they, I wish it was that kind of drama. I wish it was, a disa- drama. I wish it was a disagreement on how good the wide receivers are compared to their situation. And then we can move on. But the Panthers have a lot more drama than that. Um, but they're not in the news as much as the Dallas Cowboys are. Granted, <laughs> there's Mac. Granted, uh, it's not like the Panthers are as big of a draw on first take yeah. as the Cowboys are. 
But, like, are they in a comparable situation here? I mean, I would say, you know, the Panthers have made some national topics this year, especially when Tepper threw the drink. I mean, we knew that that happened. But, I mean, you look at the Cowboys, what they had going on, the drama with the coach going into the playoff game, and C.D. Lamb's mom going at it about Dak Prescott and they them getting into it. And then Dak's brother chiming in saying that, He's going to be gone, or he he would like for him to be out of Dallas. And then Micah Parsons' brother getting on there and saying that he's being mistreated and misused by the Cowboys. That stuff is terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you have all that going on. But then here in Carolina, obviously, the article that dropped talking about the, 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 the deceitful coaches and going behind the back and reporting Chris Tabor and those guys reporting to Tepper and undermining Frank Reich. And then we had uh, David Tepper coming down into the the, uh, the stadium and, and getting into it with Frank Reich and them asking Frank Reich to do stuff and him telling them no. And so it was just a lot of drama. So I just thought that that was interesting seeing everything that Dallas has had going on. I mean, when you think about the NFL this season and its totality, I think the two most drama-filled teams this year were the Cowboys and the Panthers. When you look at on the field and off the field, incidents isn't it bad that our drama just so happens to be with the people that are higher up in the organization yeah and the highest up where jerry jones can be a magnet for drama for sure but it's not necessarily jerry as to what's happening on the field or the drama that we see now i saw jeff saturday talking about this yesterday saying this is a big deal that we got family members going at it with other yeah. significant player family members on social media saying, you guys don't know the whole story. This isn't what's going on. Because you know like that, that the players are saying this stuff oh, for to sure. these people. For sure. For sure. Well, and even if it's not that, now you know that it's just going to be a topic in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And now you're you're right. And so, like, that's – I don't know which one. I think – I think it's the players. No, I'm I'm tripping. It's Carolina that's worse. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Because it's David Tepper. Well, I guess as far as the locker room goes, right? Like there's this weird, hey, we can band together in the Panthers locker room despite what's going on up above us, right? Like I, I didn't hear much of the player drama at all. I, I think those guys genuinely like each other, genuinely were there to play for no, one another. But it's the coaches that are undermining Frank Reich and they're texting David Tepper. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Chris Tabor is the next head coach, them guys are on up out of there firing Josh McCown. And you know what I'm saying? It's different when it's with the coaches and then it's David Tepper. There wasn't much drama with Scott Fitterer just because Fitterer is not going to throw the drink either. He's just going to sit there and watch you do it. But he's not going to partake in that. Shroffy, you got some takes on this? Yeah, I was just going to say with the Panthers, it's more of a dysfunctional organization drama. Yeah. When with with the Cowboys, I mean, it is obviously significant drama if you have the locker room kind of getting mad at each other and breaking up and stuff. But I think if you look at it as a whole, the Panthers drama is far worse just because of the impact that it had on the entire season. Well, and ultimately it goes all the way up to the top. Yeah. Yeah. And so if it doesn't stop with the head decision maker, if that guy is a part of the problem rather than just erasing it, then you can't go anywhere else. Where the hell do you go from there? Yeah. If Dallas is there and Jerry Jones is just like, all right, I'm going to cut you, which, you know, Jerry isn't one to drive away from trouble. We've seen that's been his MO. Oh, you got problems? You got charges? Uh, come rehab down here in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's at least for the MO, but it's not like they have a lot of that going on at the Cowboys now, but it is different. It, if if Tepper is the one throwing the trains. Yeah, man. And then you factor in now that, you know, it's crazy. Everett looks like he'll probably stay installed as a defensive coordinator. They may be forcing him onto the next head coach. Then you hire a consulting firm, but then you hire somebody that's in-house to be your GM. And it's like, 
and we can continue this. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if that is more so for the head well, coaching more so search. For the head coach than the GM. Yeah, maybe. But no, I'm I'm with you. It, it is weird. Like you hire sportsology. Hey, you know, I'm I'm willing to look all over the place. Where is he, guys? He's right beside you. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the weird. What you is it? You were just on the uh, Zoom together with the mm-hmm. uh, head coach candidates you were in. I was searching far and wide just to see <laughs> that you were the answer beside me all along. Yeah. It's a true love story between David Tepper and now GM and president of football operations in Dan Morgan. Now, we can discuss a little bit more of that. Just if Averro is going to be the guy alongside whoever that next head coach is going to be, if he's going to be forced as the defensive coordinator as long as Averro is down for it, and if the consulting firm made any sense now that we see Dan Morgan as the general manager. Time now to go to college athletics. I got a bunch of people saying 4D on the text line. I'm screaming Niners right back at you, baby. Charlotte comes back again. From 20 points down, and Aaron Fern has this team balling. We'll talk about the 49ers. We'll also, of course, discuss the night that was in the ACC. Campus Corner coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.